cliffcentral.com. Hello and welcome to another In Conference with Michael Jackson right here on your favorite podcast platform. This, of course, is cliffcentral.com. And this show is where you get to meet the people that I'm lucky enough to meet on my world of conference travels around the planet. They tend to be authors, multimillionaires, gurus, visionaries. You name it, we'll bring them to you. And although I'm not sure about the multi-millionaire part, I think my guest on this podcast probably ticks most, if not all, of the boxes. She's known as Dr. D across the South African landscape. She's been the resident contributing psychologist to radio stations, to television channels. She was the resident psychologist for the Big Brother people, for goodness sakes. She's a bit of a media institution, so let's call her Dr. D, because that is her professional name, and welcome her to the show. You know, it always takes me a a while to track her down. She's that busy, but it's always a joy to have her as a guest on any of my platforms as well. Dr. Dee, thank you for joining us today. How are you? Thank you very much, Michael. I'm so happy to be with you. We've shared many platforms. And often when I arrive at conferences and see you there, my face isn't big enough for the smile because we have such a long-term and lovely connection over the years. We met on a three-digit radio station a long, long time ago um, when I was young and green, and you were already a legend, a doyen of the media, an absolute bloody pro at all levels. Um, I mean, you've, you've been on the circuit a long time, huh? I have been on the circuit a long time, and when you say that you are right, young and green, I kind of feel like following it up by saying, yeah, well, uh, I was old and, well, I don't know, sort of studied. No, but I have been around for a long time, virtually from the very, very beginning of Talk Radio 702 all of those years ago, while we were still in town in Atkinson House. Wow, that does take and us back. And it was actually the real, real beginning Michael, of talk radio. You know, I I think it was. Yeah, it was. You know, it was John Burks who came back. He'd been in Australia, and he came with this kind of weird and wonderful concept that no one had really considered much about talk back radio. I remember he was talking about it, which he'd heard about in Australia, and introduced it to 702. And, in fact, it wasn't even called 702 then. It was called, I think it was called something like the Rainbow Station or something. It was just being developed. And the rest is history. Unbelievable. Um, yeah. Now, And you still don't look a day over 35 years old, which is miraculous, really. But I guess you've got that psychological approach to life, so you know what to do to keep yourself looking lean, mean, dynamic, and just gorgeous. Because, Dr. D, I'm one of the few people who gets to see you in a private situation, and I'm privileged to do so. Most people know you from a media profile, although, as you've mentioned, you're now starting with a more public platform as well. I mean, I've seen you, as you say, at conferences, and you're up there talking and, and building the psychology of people incredibly well. Do you enjoy the live stuff rather than just the media stuff as well? You know, look, you are um, saying that it's something that's fairly new, the live stuff. I've actually been doing it for a very long time from the time, you know, being, having had the opportunity of Talk Radio 702 virtually from its inception in the early days. That's when people started inviting me to do speeches at conferences and present and run workshops and develop certain interventions, specific interventions designed for companies and so on. So I have been doing that part of it for, for um, some time. Um, 
In terms of being on the speaking circuit, I do do a lot of it, perhaps not even quite as much as I used to. I think that there is there was a lot of exciting stuff going on around there, challenging things. And also what I'm finding now with the whole development of technology and moving with the times, the sort of landscape is changing a little bit. And you, in the forefront of it, like what we are doing right now. You know, before you had to go into a studio, you had to make an appointment. You know, here we are. You know, we're doing this. It's um, podcast and everybody's able to listen to it. Doesn't have to be in real time. The just the possibilities and the amount of information and connection with the media um, and ability to interact has just, you know, changed the whole landscape of all media and most particularly talk radio. I know that as a qualified clinical psychologist from way back when you went to Vitz, I believe, in the in the early days. I mean, you you know, the psychology of people is something that you've studied and become a maestro at understanding and determining the the psychology of people around that technological transformation from talk back radio to podcasting universally like we're doing now. You know, we've seen the psychology of South Africa change. You know, we went through that rainbow nation. You mentioned the rainbow word just now. We, you know, we, we're now living in the doom and gloom of a splintered, fragmented ruling party. And we've had the highs and the lows in our country. Do you, do you think people in South Africa right now are psychologically okay? Gosh, you know, that that's a massive question, Finn, and I will attempt to answer it. First of all, in terms of the media, you know, it is just much more accessible um, um, to everybody, you know, than, than it was before. So I think that it gives people a platform. It gives people a voice. And sometimes, I mean, most of the time, um, that voice is, is very positive and you can get a kind of a um, – an, an immediate sort of thumbprint of a national psyche by what people are saying. Other times I've found that it can be quite destructive. For instance, you know, when I was on the Oscar Pistorius trial, you know, virtually daily, some of the opinion without thought was incredibly contagious and could be really just jumping onto the bandwagon mm. and that sense of connection with a lot of other people without even really much consideration also became a real, real issue. So I think that the, the power of the media can dilute considered opinion and also give people who would never have had a platform for a voice, you know, really give it that voice. In terms of your what, what was your focus question? Just asking again. Thinking now. about South Africans and our and our kind of psyche at the moment as as a country, you know, we've we've gone through the ups and downs. Are we in good psychological shape or are we unhealthy? Look, I would say that probably. It's hard to give just a sort of general answer of everyone, but I think that we're moving, that, that generally it's moving, unfortunately, towards the latter. You know, I think that there's a great deal of uncertainty. Um, I think that there isn't uh, enough kind of cohesion or the kind of communication that we want to encourage. A lot of it is because you can just put an opinion of three words or whatever onto any of the social media and feel that your voice has been heard. In a sense, that's a pro because it does give you a platform and a voice. In a sense, it's a con because often that kind of opinion and voice hasn't been considered 
It's just something where your name is there amongst all the others and can be, you know, either considered or dismissed. So it's a very much more egalitarian voice in a way with a lot of opportunity for people to state their case. But I think that the, the, the considered opportunity, the thought that goes behind opinion, you know, that had mm. to be a little bit more considered when it wasn't so easy has been diluted and people can just move on without enough thought of consequence of what you might say, have said, you know, with it being throwaway and just, I think, much lighter without the kind of depth and much broader in terms of the reach. So I think the media is sort of operating very much in that way, giving people a lot of platform, but just too easy in some way um, without enough consideration. I mean, I'm intrigued by that. I have a rule for social media, for example, that says I'm not posting anything on social media that I wouldn't mind seeing on a billboard on the national highway. So I'm okay with that. But, you know, your balance, as you say, between what was once considered opinion and now a three-word throwaway that can be incredibly destructive. Let's call it fake news. So we've moved from considered opinion through all the way to fake news. And social media has had a large part to play in that because, as you rightly say, it, it makes everybody feel that their voice should be heard, even if it's kind of anonymous. Fake news is a dreadful thing, isn't it? Well, you know, I think that there are a number of reasons for that. I mean, you know, I think that there is always... And there has always, and I, and I think there will always be, and I don't think it's a bad thing. You know, one of the needs that human beings have is the need to not be a non or the need for recognition. Yeah. Even if it's not only your need for individual recognition, recognition in terms of connection and recognition in terms of identity with a wider group and recognition in terms of belonging. And that's a pro and a con when it comes to social media because it gives you a platform for your opinion to be heard and it gives you a platform for connection with so many other people. And that need for connection and feeling part of a group and recognition is really being met as well. On the downside, the need overcomes the opinion. So, in fact, you know, what you say becomes almost secondary. It's that you're saying something and that you are part of a whole lot of other people that might be saying the same thing. So that need for connection and part of the group overcomes the statement, is, is greater than the value of what you're saying. So sometimes it's not even the what that you're saying, it's just that you are saying it is meeting a need and suddenly people who didn't feel that connected or had an opinion that they felt was considered can join up with millions and millions of people and become part of a collective voice and experience a kind of sense of belonging where they feel that their opinion is heard and considered, which wasn't possible for them before. So the value of the opinion and the considered nature becomes secondary. It's just that you are considered, which is such a primary human need. And this social media has given us a platform for that. And, you know, um, we understand that that got Donald Trump elected, where that, that combined voice of the disenfranchised pulled together. It, it gave Britain a Brexit. I mean, we're lagging a little bit behind on that because the social media dominance is not rural area across South Africa, which is where the bulk 
of the current political party's voters seems to come from. You know, the middle class groundswell against the status quo in this country of South Africa has not yet been enough to turn the tides. Maybe it has with the election of the DA in certain municipalities. But across the board yet, we've got a long way to go still in South Africa to get up to the groundswell of a Brexit or the groundswell of electing uh, a Donald Trump. Yeah, I think that that's true. And I also think that it's kind of snowballing and happening quite quickly where you see, you know, the need for a collective belonging and an attachment to your wider social group, maybe taking precedence of your own considered opinion. Yeah. You know, it's quite difficult. I mean, you, you're very prominent in the media. Um, I think right across all of the media. And I think, you know, even during, say, the Oscar Pistorius trial, every opinion had to be really considered and motivated during that, um, that trial because it was easy just to kind of jump on the bandwagon and agree with common opinion because that meant that you were accepted and liked and maybe even lauded you know and to be able to have a voice that isn't the common opinion that is fueled by the social media and to substantiate what you're saying is becoming more and more difficult particularly because the need for acceptance and belonging is such a prevalent human need a wanting to be part of a wider social group and an invitation for connection, if you are, is so important with, for people that, you know, the what they say in some situations becomes almost secondary. The need for belonging and connection takes over and can then influence opinion in a very big, in a, in a, in a substantial and sometimes negative way. Agreed. And what we used to call Vox Pop, the voice of the people from a media point of view, probably today has become Vox Popular because it's the populist opinions that tend to be the ones that get widely spread. Dr. D, 15 minutes has flown by. We could talk about this kind of stuff forever. I'm going to hunt you down again to come back onto a later show. But for people I don't who... believe it's flown by. I just want to say so many wonderful things and and acknowledge you michael i mean you and i've been on a journey for a long time i would have to admit that mine is a little bit longer but you know we are part of cross and i've always really enjoyed talking with you and look forward to more i love that and we will have more certainly and you know it's a real pleasure hooking up with you and letting other people listen into our kind of conversation as well through the podcast where do people get hold of you dr d how do they find out more about what's going on in the real world of dr d and understanding more about psychology well they certainly can go onto my website um which is, oh gosh, I don't even remember it. I'm really sorry. Well, you never go onto your own website. You just put, point people in that <laughs> I direction. Don't go, yeah, I don't, but I'm certainly um, dory at dorianwheel.com. I'm available on my email address, dory at dorianwheel.com. I'm always happy to hear from members of the public and listen to suggestions of what they would like to hear and see in the media. I will answer everything that I get. That's as a start and my website, which temporarily is showing my age and I've <laughs> <laughs> I love it when Alzheimer's kicks in I uh, don't worry about it you know what we're going to do is tell people to google Dr. D I mean that's all you need google to do Google Dr. D and that's you'll definitely find me all over the show it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show as well time has literally flown by but Dr. D thank you and I hope it's not a couple of years before we hook up again we've got no, to get together soon to 
connect with you regularly, Michael. I love you. It was that voice initially. Oh, God. And afterwards, everything that was behind the voice, but that voice. Oh, I love you. Yeah, my wife says, my wife says if I was better looking, I would have been unstoppable, but so be it. No, uh, well, you are unstoppable. I so, uh, love it. So let's, let's, let's talk about that next time and about why. you got a yeah. deal. Yeah, uh, we will. I would love to do that, actually. A real it's pleasure. Okay. From Dr. Unstoppable Michael Jackson. Thank you. And thank you. From Dr. D and myself, this has been In Conference with Michael Jackson right here on your favorite platform. This is cliffcentral.com. Cliffcentral.com.